Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right, so today we are continuing our series, and I really hope that you got a little bit from last week, because we're going to build as we continue in this series. So we started off with setting a platform of what we're going to be discussing in our series called Mastermind. It's dealing with the mind, right? And the reality is that if you live a life of success in your mind, it will flow through into your life, right? And so most of the time, we fight our battles in the mind. So I really hope that you were able to grasp something from last week's message as we continue with this week. And so episode number two, this is the title I have for you. It's called How to Train Your Brain, right? How to Train Your Brain. Now, some of you might be thinking, that's a bit harsh. I watched How to Train Your Dragon. Is it something like that? Kind of. (laughs) So if you're watching online, welcome. Good to have you with us. If you're in person, great to have you with us. You know, one of the things that we struggle with as human beings is that we make a lot of irrational decisions, right? You ever made any irrational decisions in your life? Like the other day, I've been trying to eat healthy for a little while. You know, and it's trying, it goes good for sometimes, but sometimes your weaknesses just kick in. You don't want it to. You've been eating healthy for like a week, and then someone gives you a donut, and you're like, should I? Shouldn't I? Maybe, maybe not. Well, one donut can hurt, right? Then you stick one in your mouth, and you're like, well, I've already eaten one. I might as well eat more. <laughs> Can't hurt. And then you just go off. You, why did you do that? Why did you make that irrational decision? You were doing well. You were continuing on this journey of health and trying to put good things into your body, and then all of a sudden, you just went off the rails right? Let me tell you a secret. One of my irrational decisions that I actually recognize, and if you watch yourself and you recognize your behavior, you begin to pick up on behaviors that you do in your life that are rational, that you can learn to correct. And so one of my weaknesses, and I do this a lot, you know, uh, when I go through difficult seasons in my life, if I get depressed or, you know, I'm hurt sometimes, I, I do a lot of irrational buying. I guess it's to make me feel good. So I go to the shopping center and buy stuff that I don't need because I feel down. And then I buy stuff that I don't need, which then makes me feel even worse because then I bought something I didn't need. And now I'm like, why do I spend money on stuff I don't need, which makes me feel even worse. And it's not a rational decision at all, but it's an emotional decision. You see, we make emotional decisions in our life. When we're hurt and wounded and emotionally unsteady, we make a whole bunch of irrational decisions because we're just going from emotion. Right? Maybe someone said something to you and your choices in life and you were found it difficult to choose the right thing. But when we make emotional decisions, we often don't have a good navigation in our life. We go off course because we put things into our life and we make decisions, impromptu decisions, decisions that don't benefit us, that actually deter us and take us backwards in life because we're doing it from an emotional standpoint. Our whole emotions never lead us to make positive decisions. Maybe you've had a bad situation in your life because someone hurt you 
Someone damaged you and you've decided, you know what? The best thing to do is I don't need people in my life because all they do is hurt me. So I'm just going to withdraw. I'm going to just stay away from people and you've withdrawn from people and that's left you feeling even more isolated and more alone. And that's not the answer. You've made that decision when you were emotionally unhealthy, right? Maybe someone said something bad to you and mistreated you and you decided that's it. I'm not dealing with people anymore. I've had enough. You know, who needs friends when you have friends like these? And so now you don't want to hang out with people. But again, you've damaged yourself because now you don't have anyone in your life that you can trust. And you go around mistrusting everyone. You see, emotionally hurt decisions always lead to emotionally hurt situations. Emotionally hurt decisions always lead to emotionally hurt situations. And that cycle continues over and over again because we go through that cycle. But here's the question. Why do we behave irrationally? Have you thought about that? Why do you make silly decisions? Why do you decide things sometimes on the prompt you situations to do things that you know are not good for you, but you do them anyway? It's like stuffing donuts into your face. You know that's not good for you, but yes, it tastes so good. And so, you know why? It's because of something called neural pathways that we've talked about last week. When you make a decision, that thought connects with something else in your brain and it's made a decision you know you experience something new it creates a neural pathway something new when you experience something hurtful it creates a neural pathway in your brain the more you go into that situation the more you think that thought you actually begin programming your brain let me give you an example you ever see a child in the supermarket crying for something they're screaming their lungs off and it's like probably bad behavior. You're like, why don't you do something, mother or father? You know, you've had kids scream for stuff. And what do you usually do? I want this lolly. I want this lolly. And the mom's like, here you go. You know what that does? It creates a neural pathway. It creates a behavior. As soon as I cry and ask for something, my mother will give it to me. And the more I cry, the more I'm going to get what I want. And that's a child. You do the same thing in an adult. You have a relationship. You have something going on. You know how to treat your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife. If you do this behavior, they'll do that. And I've learned. If I don't call, they'll call me. If I hang up the phone in disgust, they'll do this. And you train your brain to behave that way because you're creating neural pathways in your mind to do that. When a baby touches a hot stove, ouch, it hurts. A neural pathway is created. I'm not going to do that anymore. We do that all the time. Our brain is always evolving. It's never static. We often think that we're just born and that's our brain. No, our brain is always evolving. New neural pathways are being created constantly. It's like fireworks, fireworks going off in your brain constantly. And the more you think the thought, the stronger that pathway becomes. And so this is good and bad because when you think good things over and over again, then you create strong neural pathways to connect you with good thoughts. But the same thing happens when you think bad things. Because 
You think the bad thought of yourself over and over again, it continues to think the same negative thought. That pathway, what you think about yourself becomes stronger and stronger. We said this last week, the battle does not exist in our life. The real battle exists in our mind. Most of life's battles are won or lost in our mind. God's truth about you and the enemy's lies about you. That's what we battle with on a constant basis. Last week we talked about Paul who introduced us with a brand new way of thinking because he understood in order to get our successful lives on track, we need to have successful thoughts. We can't have a negative thought life and have a positive life. You have to have a positive thought life in order to have a positive life. And so he says this, he says, the weapons of our warfare are divine weapons. They are powerful weapons that God has given us to break down strongholds, to pull down every negative thought, every bad thought, every evil thought, every hateful thought, everything the enemy says about you that's wrong. We have the power, that divine power from God to pull it down and destroy it. That's what he tells us. You know, Paul was a master of his thoughts. His mind was not constrained by the circumstances he found ourselves in. Because a lot of us in our world, we're constrained by the circumstances. We go into work, things are going great, we can smile. Things are going bad, like frown. It's horrible. I'm stuck in traffic, oh this is a horrible day. You know, nothing in my life is going good. You speak that into your life. I wish I had something better. I hate this person. That person doesn't like me. We speak these things into our world. And you're creating pathways that tell yourself you're not liked. You're not loved. You're not appreciated. The more you think that, the more you're going to believe it. And that's what Paul says. Stop thinking that negative thing over and over about yourself. Because you don't need someone else anymore to keep telling it to you. You think it about yourself. You are your own worst enemy. You allow negative thoughts to influence your behavior, influence your lifestyle, and influence who you become. Based on what someone else said to you that might be and might always be a lie. See, Paul mastered his thoughts. He writes to people from a Roman prison. Now, he's chained in prison under lock and key. His life is under threat. His days are numbered. And for most people, we would be under extreme anxiety because we're locked away. We know we're going to be executed. We're going to die. But not Paul. Paul's mind was clear. He had this incredible clarity and powerful thinking. He writes this letter to the church at Philippi and it contains some of the most wonderfully extraordinary thoughts that are belying to his circumstances because he's under lock and key about to die and this is what he says to live is Christ to die is gain forget about what's behind you keep thinking about what's ahead of you For let, don't let the past rule your life understand that God has a better future for you because when we win and get the prize of our heavenly calling in Christ Jesus we will be having victorious living Then he says this, he's in prison, mind you. He says, rejoice always. Say, hold on, Paul. You're under lock and key. You're not free to go and do what you want. You can't go out and have a meal with your friends. And you're telling us to rejoice. He says, exactly. Because when you start thinking 
that you're free, you'll become free. And in reality, he says, I am free in Jesus Christ. Then he says this, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, let your prayer be known to God. So many times we have that in reverse. We're anxious about everything, and we don't let anything impact our prayer. We're stressed out. Then he writes at the end of this letter, which I love, and he says this in Philippians 4 verse 8. He says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. All right? You ready? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You're like, what should I think about? Well, Paul says, hello, here's a list. You go to the grocery store, you have a list of what you want to buy. Well, here's your thought life list. Think about these things. He says, one final thing. Think about this. What's honorable, what's true, what's right, what's lovely, what's admirable, what's excellent, worthy of praise. Think about these things. Are there good things in your life? Absolutely. Is there bad stuff? Of course there is. But do you want to dwell on your bad things constantly? Or do you want to fix your mind on something that's true? I want to give you an example. Here's your thoughts. My thoughts. Right? Paul is saying, fix your mind. On things of God. Things that are right. Right? But this is what we do in life. Here's Jesus. And we're like. Thank you. Let's fix it. Well, how do I fix it? Well, you know, I live my life Monday to Friday. And then I have an hour and a half on Sunday. But hey, I think I should go to the supermarket. Here's an opportunity to help build your thought life up when you come on Sunday. You hear the words of God, right? Fix things that are good. Well, what we're talking about, is it true? Is it praiseworthy? Is it admirable? Well, fix your thoughts on this. But if you're not here to fix your thoughts, guess where your thoughts are? Somewhere else. Right? You have an opportunity to be in God's house for an hour and a half a week. How much time do you devote to television? How much time do you devote to driving? How much time do you devote to eating? Is it more than an hour and a half a week? I can guarantee you your whole list of stuff. More than an hour and a half you do all week. Right? But are you fixing your thoughts? Here's Paul's example. Fix your thoughts on what's true and admirable. And so we come sometimes and we like try to patch ourselves onto Jesus and God's thoughts. You're like, but it doesn't work because most of our thought life is elsewhere. Yeah. Right? And we don't fix it. We have an opportunity. We might think, oh my gosh, I have an exam. God help me. And then we think something else. Oh, I'm struggling in my finances. God help me. 
And then we think something else. What Paul is saying, no, no, no. Stop letting your thoughts get away. Remember last week we talked about bringing thoughts into captivity? And putting it under the obedience of Christ? But our thoughts are running around crazy. All over the place. And we don't bring it under captivity to Christ. We let them think whatever they want. And the more we think about thoughts that are not about godly thoughts, the more stronger they become. Because those neural pathways are becoming stronger. And you have an opportunity on a Sunday or when you get into, you know, into life groups or when you hear the word of God to build stronger thoughts that help reinforce who God says you are. But you don't take the opportunity to do that as much as you should. Right? Here's what I want to show you. This is what Paul says. This is you. (laughs) He says... Fix your thoughts. Let me give you an example of what fix your thoughts is. Fix. Hello. Here's my thought, but it's fixed. Let God's word attach themselves to you. Fix your thoughts on God. Fix them. That's, it's a carpentry term. It's a construction term. Fix them together. Who has to do that? You have to do that. The power, the divine power from God is there. It exists for you. It's been given to you. But you have to fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on God. Not just attach it. Just let it come by. It flies by. I had a friend who talked to me. You know, he's from Australia. And he talked about coffee. Because apparently Australia has a very good coffee culture. And he described Canadian and American coffee this way. He said, they put a coffee bean in a truck and they drive it by the coffee store. (laughs) That's how strong the coffee is (laughs) compared to Australian coffee. I hope you got that. But it's not actually brewed the way they brew it here. But here's what Paul is trying to say again. He's saying, I'll read that verse to you again. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on God. Not just let it fly by. Occasionally it's now and then. But fix them. Right? Why? Because your life is always going to be moving in the direction of your strongest thought. What comes to your mind comes out of your life. What comes into your mind will always come out of your life. If you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. How do you live a positive life? Well, you start to train your mind. Understand the idea of training your body. We all like to you know, exercise. We go to the gym. Why? Because we want to get physically fit. You're training your body. You're putting your body under a certain regimen. 
I'm going to do 50 sit-ups or I'm going to do curls or, or sit-ups or whatever. I'm going to do this routine over and over again. Why? Because I'm going to build my body. Don't you think it's imperative that you build your mind? Because you can have a strong body and a weak mind. We all understand the idea of training our body. I want to give you God's solution for the things of your mind. Are you ready? Do you want to hear God's solution for your mind? It's called the discipline of meditation. Now, I'm not talking about some new age thing, being one with the universe and sitting there and going, Om. That's not what I'm talking about. The definition of meditation is to engage in mental exercise. To focus one's thoughts. Because, see, Eastern meditation is all about emptying yourself of your thoughts. But biblical meditation is about filling your mind with God's truth. Right? If you don't understand what God's saying, I'll have, give you a few verses. Here's Psalm 119 verse 15. Listen carefully. He says this. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. That's fixing your mind on God because you're meditating on God's word about you. Here's another one. Psalm 143 verse 5. It says, I meditate on your works and consider what your hands have done. God, I spend my time thinking about who you are and what you've done. Because when I think about who you are and what you've done, and if you've done it for Joseph, and you've done it for Abraham, and if you've done it for Paul, then you can do it for me. Because I know what you've done for them, and you're not a God that has favorites, so you can do it for me. So I fix my mind on what you've done, so I know you can do it for me. Joshua if you know anything about Joshua, he took over from Moses. He was deadly afraid. He was hesitant. He didn't know what to do. God showed up to him and said, Joshua, here's my solution for you. In Joshua 1.8, he says this, Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful in everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. What's God's solution for being prosperous and successful? To meditate on his words and what he does day and night. Fixing your thoughts on what God can do. When you surround yourself with God's words and thoughts about you, you're going to be able to respond and not react. Don't react, respond. Because reaction comes from emotion. Response comes from a place that's deeper and says, God, I'm being marinated in your word. And therefore, I'm not going to react out of emotion. I'm going to respond out of your truth. I'm going to respond. Here, I'll give you another example. Because I wanted to show you two things today. Here's your thoughts again. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, scary thoughts, hesitant thoughts. Right? You have to train your brain to think about God's things. Train your thoughts towards truth. Right? 
To win the battle of your mind, you have to be able to grasp a hold of God's truth. So you have these thoughts going on all over in your mind. Good thoughts about you, bad thoughts about you, things that people have said about you, other people have said about you behind your back, your boss says about you, your friend says about you, your family says about you. Where's God's thoughts about you? Where is that part of your life? We're filled with all these things. See, when we have wrong mindsets, we think, well, I'll never get out of debt. Life is always going to be bad. I'm never going to have a breakthrough. I guess this is it for me. I can't trust anyone because a couple of people let me down. I'm always struggling with my weight. I'll never be able to get fit. I can't get close to anyone. I have bad relationships. I'll never find true love. I'll never have a right relationship. What truth is dominating your life? Is it lies? Or is it what God thinks about you? See, what God says destroys what the enemy says. You see, well, what's God's truth? Well, I am not what I buy. Yes, sometimes I make bad decisions, but that's not who I am. My identity is in Christ, in Christ alone. It's not found in my boyfriend, my husband, my wife, my boss, my work. It's found in Jesus Christ. Because I'm complete in Him. I don't need another life to complete me. I need another companion that will help fulfill my life according to God's design. But I'm complete in Jesus Christ. By God's power, I can change the bad things about me. Christ is stronger than my desires. My God is for me, not against me. My God is with me. He'll never abandon me. Here is the solution. I asked you last week to write down what your stronghold was, right? I hopefully, hopefully you did that. And I want you to give you, here's God's solution. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. I'll say it again. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. And this is what I want you to think about. I want you to think about enveloping your thoughts with God's thoughts. You know what an envelope is? What does an envelope do? What's the purpose of an envelope? To hold something else. That's all it's designed to do. It's not sitting there by itself going, I'm just an envelope by myself, happy and pretty. (laughs) No, it's designed to contain something else. A card, a letter. Creating new pathways, new pathways, you put your thoughts into Jesus Christ. And when you have him, you no longer see yours. Right? When you envelop your thoughts with God's thoughts. When your thought says, I'm not good enough, God says, you're more than enough. When he says, I'll never make it, God says, you're more than a conqueror. When he says that you'll never measure up, God says, you're my child. And I love you. And you are sufficient. I'm worried all the time. Well, Christ says, do not be anxious about anything. Stand with me. I cast my cares on God because he cares 
for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and in my mind. Don't know what God's will is for my life? Well, my life belongs to God. Daily will I seek Him as He directs my steps. I know His voice and His voice leads me and guides me. If I lack confidence, my confidence is in Jesus Christ alone because His Spirit lives within me and I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Write it down. Think it. Confess it until you believe it. Write it down. Think it, confess it till you believe it. Write down what God says about your life. Speak it over your life because his thoughts about you are numerous and wonderful and amazing. I will love God with all of my heart because that's what God says. I'll serve him continually. I love God's people. And yes, not always will they have good times, but I love them because God loves them. I'm disciplined. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm growing closer to Jesus every single day of my life life because Christ is my redeemer. He is my family. I live for Christ. I serve Christ. I'm appointed. I'm anointed. I'm empowered. I'm blessed. I'm redeemed. I'm going to reach for God. I'm going to live for God. I am creative. I am driven. I'm focused. I'm blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells in me. My words, my thoughts, my imaginations are all under control of the power of Jesus. I think thoughts that are positive about my life. I make them captive that are not and bring them obedient to Christ. I wake up every day with purpose, direction, and meaning. I live my life to please God every day of my life. The world will be different because I live in it because I am Jesus Christ. I live to serve Jesus. Envelop your thoughts with Christ. A lot of times, we're separated. But Paul is trying to say his lesson to us, because he won this battle, envelop your thoughts with Jesus' thoughts. I'm done. Stand to your feet. But I want to do something else before we close. I want you to understand, hold on. If you don't control what you think, you never control what you do. Meditate on God's truth. Train your mind towards God's truth. I'll give you that solution again. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. That's fixing your thoughts on Him. You know, back in scripture times, they used to have something called declarations. And that's what we did when we sang that song. God's declaration over our life. He's going to bless your family. He's going to bless you. He's going to bless your generation. It's a declaration because it's speaking God's promise and his words of life over your life and your lives to come and your family. So I want to do some declarations over you today. Is that okay? And you know when they used to stand up on a platform and declare God's word over people, the people would respond by saying, Amen. Do you know what Amen means? Let it be so. I agree. Make it so. It's like Star Trek. Make it so. (laughs) So I'm going to declare this over you and your family 
And as soon as I finish each statement, you say amen if you agree with it. Right? But here's a, a caveat. This only applies to people that are in Christ Jesus. If you have not made Christ Lord of your life, you can't claim it because how can you claim what isn't yours? You have to be in Jesus to receive it. And if you haven't made that decision, well, here's a perfect opportunity because God is for you. We sang it this morning. He wants to bless you. He's not some little angry old man sitting in heaven waiting till you mess up so he can point it out. No, that's not who he is. He's a loving creator that is passionately in love with you more than you could possibly imagine. And yes, maybe you've strayed away and you've gone a distance, but it's okay to come back because God is not mad at you. He's in love with you. And he wants to give you the best life. So I'm going to read these declarations over you. And then we're going to sing a song to declare it. Is that okay? So I'm going to read these declarations. And as soon as I've done each one, you guys say amen if you agree. All right? You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. Amen. You are not your past. You are not always what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. You are not a hostage of your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight are with the weapons of God. They are powerful. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. You demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. You are empowered. You are chosen. You are called. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Your God is for you. Your God is with you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present, not the past, not the pow- no power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 We have all those wonderful declarations created in a wonderful little page for you. I would like to send them to you. And you can receive them. You can read them over yourself. You can rehearse God's thoughts about you over and over again. You can print it out. You can laminate it. You can put it on your mirror. You can read it when you get into your car. 
wherever you want to read it, as many times as you I encourage you to read it all the time. All you have to do is just send us an email to the email address on the screen, info at transformchurch.org.au, and we'll send you that document. You can print it out, do whatever you want with it, read it, give it to people, anything you want. Right? Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Right? So as always, I have two thoughts for you, and then we're going to just declare in song. All right? First thought is, what thought can I think this week about myself that will help me move forward? Maybe you've been thinking something bad about yourself, someone else said about you, but what thought can you replace that with, with what God says? Take something out of that and say it to yourself every day, those declarations. Number two, which is just as important, what thought about myself do I need to stop thinking about? Replace it. What thought about yourself do you need to stop thinking? You've been thinking something negative or bad about yourself? Stop thinking it. You have the power to do it with divine power from God. Amen? I'm going to invite the worship team forward. And we're going to sing the song, This is How I Fight My Battles. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.